Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the founder of LastFirstDate.com. I am the dating and relationship coach and confidence and love coach for women over 40 who want to finally attract and sustain a lasting, loving relationship. We have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with author Julianne O'Connor about how to improve your relationships, how to um, have better communication between men and women, and how to improve attraction, sex, love, all of that good stuff. As a dating coach, it's my mission to help women over 40 recognize the qualities of a good man and learn the relationship skills to make love last. I don't know if any of you watch Mad Men, but um, last night I watched Sunday's episode of the last five um, episodes. And for those of you who do or don't watch it, um, I think what what I watched last night is such a great indication of how to be a woman who's a woman of value, which is what I help women become. Um, Joan, who's one of the stars of the show, is in a relationship with a man who's divorced and retired. And she is in the peak of her career, and she has a four-year-old child. His kids are all grown. And she hasn't yet told him that she has a four-year-old child. And so she kind of lied to him and told him that she was untethered. And then he took her out for dinner and saw her looking at her watch and he said, well, tell me the truth. You're really married, aren't you? And she said, no, but actually I have a child and he's four years old. Is that going to make a difference to you? And he looked her in the eye and he said, no, no, it doesn't make any difference at all. And then they're back in his hotel and they're about to get it on and um, suddenly he's having a really hard time with the fact that she has a child because she's calling the babysitter to try to get extra time. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, she is really um, very clear about what her value is in the way that she responds to him. So when he says, this won't work for me, I really want to be free, I want to travel, she says, well, it was nice to know you. And she walks out the door. Now, It takes a lot of courage to walk out the door when you're attracted to somebody, when there's been some kind of connection. And when you know your value and you know your boundaries, you're able to do that. And in the the show, he comes back to her the next day and brings her flowers and tells her he accepts her and her life and everything that comes with it. It doesn't always end that way. And whether it ends that way or not, when you know your value, you get to have the best relationships of your life. So... What I would love for you is for you to sign up for my free guide, which explains the top three mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around to find lasting love. I explain the mistakes that people make, the complaints that people have. Um, There's a whole series of things that you're going to get when you sign up for this free guide. And I'd love for you to have a copy. All you have to do is go to lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you like, like in the car, in the on the treadmill. It's fabulous service. 
why don't you sign up and get your free book and sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. That's audible.com, audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. Now I'm honored to introduce our guest, Julianne O'Connor. She is the author of the Spelling It Out book series, which includes Spelling It Out for Your Man, Insider Secrets to Sex, Love, and Attraction. And that's what we're going to be speaking about today. She also wrote Spelling It Out for Men and Women, uh, Spelling It Out for Your Career, Insider Secrets to Living Your Dreams and Passions. She has um, been studying people for 20-plus years and has crossed all confines, including geographic and economic boundaries and themes that continue to be recurring. With simple and fundamental changes, people can literally change their lives by using the art of relating. Her mission is to put relate back into relationships. What an awesome mission. Welcome to the show, Julianne. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Well, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, so let's talk about relationships. Um, well, first, can you give a little background on your relationship? Because I know you found somebody great, right? You, you're with a man now that you're married uh, to? Yeah. You know what? I, um, I'm i actually in the seven-year itch, and that's kind of a joke, Ooh. but there's a whole topic um, <laughs> on that that itself. But uh, yeah, I have been married to my husband for over seven years. I'm also in my 40s. I waited till much later to have a child and get married. And um, he is absolutely the man of my dreams. But everything is not perfect. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, but in that, there's so much perfection. And we have a blast by really witnessing what other people do wrong and remembering ourselves to try not to do the same thing. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 um that that's a whole uh tangent we could go on just right there and I know in your um free report I, which I have to get myself uh, just for mm. fun here now is you give the top 3 mistakes as well and I think there's a lot more than that but but if you nail the top 3 it's kind of the trickle down effect, right? Yeah, it's true. And so much of what um, happens in dating happens in relationships. It happens in all of our relationships. So if you can really take a step back and work on the mistakes that you're making that are sabotaging your life in some way, you're going to improve every relationship you have, whether it's with your coworker, with your child, with your parents, with your spouse, with your dates. Um, it, it all kind of cross crosses over, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, you're talking about this whole uh, topic of self-worth. And really, if you take a look at what everything boils down to, it is self-worth. And what's attractive, what's sexy, is the woman who's willing to pack up her stuff and say, see ya, you don't meet my criteria, rather than Mm -hmm. begging for somebody to accept them. And so it's a beautiful thing when people um, set the example. I love it when they do it in television, especially more and more um, with, you know, these ideal images that people have put out there. But we, you know, we really need to own our self-worth because when you do, that's super, super sexy. <laughs> so no mm-hmm. question it's about sexy, it. It's sexy, right. And it's also um, you stop blaming your spouse or your significant other or anybody for the problems that you're having because you really get clarity about what's yours, what's theirs, and what's ours. Oh, yeah, ownership. I mean, the ownership of what works for you and what you 
um, yourself have in terms of, um, you know, issues or whatever the case might be. Um, that's all, uh, you know, it's all part of it. It's There's definitely no question about it. Mm-hmm. So, so can you share with us some of the reasons that you think that um, people are unhappy in relationships? What are the top causes of unhappiness? Um, you know, wow. And, gosh, I hope you don't hear my doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Literally, you know, you got to love it right when you're doing radio that um, the UPS driver is here. <laughs> Trying to get well, me what we learned in coaching, <laughs> what I learned in coaching school is that the outside noises are really significant because what they do oh. is they can really um, punctuate what you're saying. So this oh, is an important topic. <laughs> the doorbell yeah, is coming absolutely. to stay. Open that door to your unhappiness and find out what it is. Yeah. So what is that? Yeah. So really, you know, some of the mistakes that people make, uh, especially in, in the, they do this in dating, they do it in relationships, but, you know, truthfully, it's this idea of having these, these extreme expectations that we put on other people. So I think there's confusion between owning your self-worth and um, expectations of other people <laughs> because, you know, people, men, you take men, you take women, we communicate very differently. And so sometimes where women do these things, like, for example, we drop hints and we expect the men to give us whatever it is that we need in terms of reassurance or whatever the case might be. And yet men, they don't pick up on hints. They they are devoid of the hint gene, pardon my expression for saying mm-hmm. that, but the, the reality is they communicate very differently. And so when you can accept that we all differ in our style of communication and when you can start to learn how other people communicate, that can make a huge difference in terms of how you approach somebody, whether it's in you know, your dating scene or in your personal life. All of that stuff makes, mm-hmm. you know, makes all of a world of difference. And part of the, the you know, and when you go back to the mistakes topic, there's, there's a lot of little things that people do, and you could go through lists of those. But for women, it's especially um, these things of, of kind of seeking the reassurance that, that we do. And, and we do that in a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, but, mm-hmm. but what's funny is in the dating scene, you have this tremendous opportunity while there's this hot attraction going on where women have a tendency more to own their, their beauty, you know, because we're putting it on. We're, we're, we're backing it in this energy that, oh, we're on a first date or whatever the case might be. Where it starts to falter is when you walk away and then you're like, oh, I wonder, did he like me? And then you start phoning or texting and then making all those classic mistakes. Mm-hmm. It's a so lot of that doubting. questioning that we, yeah, it's, it's the questioning of, you know, how worthy we are after we've presented ourselves in, is often the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's an important piece. So when you start to question yourself, then you lose your confidence, you become needy. Um Absolutely. and then you like so when you're describing the texting and please let, let me know, I need reassurance. Um Yeah. Yuck. And it's so yeah, obvious. That's a, mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and men do it too. I mean I've oh, been on yeah. many dates where men want approval and ask yeah, me, goes- you know. Yeah, you know, one ways. one guy said, "Do you really like me for who I am?" Um, you know, and it's like, "Well, I wouldn't be with you if I didn't like you for who you were." So <laughs> stop asking me. Speak louder than words. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. So, it's, so let's go back for a second to the um, women dropping hints and men don't pick up on them. So there's no mind reading. Um, 
So what what would you suggest women do instead of drop hints? You know, I kind of like my my title of my book. It's spelling it out for mm-hmm. your man. You know, when you can be clear, and that requires, like you were talking about this courage piece, it takes a lot of courage to put it out there and say what you expect and what is going to be um, necessary for you to appreciate and accept, an, you know, another human being into your life. And, you know, I think when you set expectations versus, you know, having expectations are <laughs> two different things. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a huge factor so I think there's a lot of different things that people can do when they're, you know, in the dating scene or in a relationship. Um, it's just a question of, you know, what, is, what are your kind of fundamentals when you come to the table? You have to almost look at what do you naturally do. And then it's funny because, you, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, you either have it or you don't. That's not true. People can actually be trained on how to behave and and where one behavior, you know, elicits another behavior in somebody else, you can learn how to do all of that, which is why I love that you do the coaching aspect. I don't do the coaching aspect. And mm-hmm. it's it's a phenomenal thing if people can reach out and start to learn it because, you know, if you look at what people do right versus what people do wrong, it's very simple. It's very cut and dry. It's it's black and white. Um, but spelling it out for people and really explaining what you need is is top of priority. You know, yeah. you have to be clear with men. And I anybody an in your life, really. Yeah, please. Yeah, I I have um, somebody was asking me uh, about marriage. They were talking about, you know, how they really wanted the man to propose without them having to say, hey, you know, I want you to propose to me. And this is a classic situation. Um, you know, the fundamental differences between women wanting the fairy tale marriage and men having a disinterest in marriage is just so classic. You hear it over and over. And I've been studying people for years and years and years and years on this subject. And so, you know, I, I said to them, I said, you know, well, if you were to tell the man that this is what you expect in terms of going to the next level, you know, men, they sit back and they're like, hey, I got a great girl. I don't want to screw it up. So I'm not going to propose because I know I hear all the stories or I've been married before and I know how it changes in marriage. So they sit back, especially when they have a great catch, and they just they don't want to upset status quo. And yet, as a woman, we're, we're trying to play it cool, and yet we're secretly getting more and more and more frustrated. And, you know, we drop the hints, and then pretty soon we're saying it, and then pretty soon we're disenchanted because we're having to tell the guy. Yet if you just made it clear from the beginning and said, you know, this, these are my expectations, you know, I'll, I'll date you for a while, but eventually this is the level I want to go to, this is where I'm looking to head with this relationship, and that's it. Then you drop it. You know, put it out mm-hmm. there on the table and then allow them to do it in their own time at that point. They either step up or they don't, and if they don't, that's when you can make a decision whether or not you want to stay with this person. But this idea mm. of, of wishing they would do it, guys just don't function that way. They just don't. So you have to make it clear for them, and it makes it yeah. easier for everybody all around, and you can't take it personally that they communicate differently. Yeah, that's a really good example, and I think what also happens is uh, women start nagging, which is the biggest deterrent. And so you can't push somebody to make a decision, um, but you can lay out your expectations and what you want. And, you know, I I, I, t- I tell clients to use words like, that doesn't work for me, or 
um, yeah, it's, you're a really great guy, but this doesn't look like it's going to work. And, you know, and it's, and it's fine. You have to let go of the people who don't work in order to make the space for the ones who do. But most people stay in bad relationships hoping somehow they're going to become the right relationship or the person's going to somehow guess that you want something that they can't even provide. Right, and that is based in fear. And we are all fearful, don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I accepted is that, you know, as soon as you let go of the fear, then you start to find security. And when you let go of all of that stuff, you start to see that you're you're worthy and that the, the person will either be there or they won't. And either way, you're going to be great. But if you keep them around out of this, sort of neediness or holding on, you're going to always be unhappy. And that's no way to live. You know, there's so many other options, and it's okay to let go of great people. Sometimes great people aren't meant to be with certain other great people. They're, they are meant to be freed to find their mate. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. they come back, and it's just that they hmm. need to see the perspective of what it's like without you. Um, and that's okay. You have to do that completely grounded in self-worth. It's really hard. I know it's easier said than done sometimes. But, you know, you especially, I love that you deal with women who are over 40 because women really start to question things in their 40s. And I, it, when they're single, they start to kind of beat up on themselves. And, and yet at the same time, we're coming into this beautiful time in our lives when we are more you know, self-confident that we've, than we've ever been. And so to even question it, I have met people who were 85 and met and fell in love with their, their, you know, mates. So I will tell you it's not about age. It has nothing to do with age whatsoever. It's really true. It's true. And I think this is the prime of your life because, like you said, our confidence is there. We know ourselves better, most of us. And we know what we won't tolerate anymore. We've already been through the bad relationships. We know what it feels like to be stuck in a relationship that didn't work and we know what we won't tolerate anymore so the point is just sometimes you have to really shift out of some behaviors that were holding you back from the relationship that you really wanted and and most of the time it's us who are sabotaging those relationships without even realizing it so you know the so one of one of the things that we really need to do like you pointed to is Learn how we each communicate differently, men and women, and also learn how to communicate better, how to know yourself well enough to communicate your needs, even if it's vulnerable, even if it's scary, because the alternative is so much worse to not communicate your needs and to stay in a relationship that is not fulfilling. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned that, and then I just think um, right away it brings me back to these ideas that have been idealized about what is sexy, what is beautiful, what is not, you know. And it's Mm -hmm. all from the inside out. I mean, it it really truly is. And when you can make, you use the word vulnerable. Some people hate that word, but I love the word vulnerable. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. I, I pride my career on being vulnerable and being okay with making mistakes. Like if I was not okay with that, and I'm just saying it's fun all the time, but I, I pride my career of, and, and my understanding and the dating world and my marriage. Everything is about, you know, really embracing those imperfections. And when you mm-hmm. do, it is so beautiful to other people. And when you're willing to, I mean, even I always think of you hear so much about, you know, people being self-conscious of their body image. And whether it's your body image or your situation with having a child or whatever it is, when you own it, 
everybody else wants it. <laughs> and it's That's just true. a funny thing, and it does not matter who you are. That is always the case. You know, you see people mm-hmm. and you, you're like, oh, why is that person with that person? What's well, irrelevant. It, the, the reason they're with them is because they're attracted to what's coming from the inside. Uh, it, that is, communicates way louder than anything else that you could possibly do. It's so true, and I'm glad you brought that up because so many people have so many insecurities. They think they should be, you know, some sense of what they think is perfect and that, you know, if I only lose five pounds, then I can start dating. And if I only, you know, get one more degree and, you know, do all these outside external things rather than work on the inside, which is really key because the, I also find that people who are confident, who know themselves, can express themselves well, have a clear sense of values, are the most attractive people that there are. Absolutely. And you want to be around them. So let's um, yeah. let's talk about... Um, some things that men and women don't see eye to eye on. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It it goes on and on. Um, There's a lot of things that that men and women are are different about. And, um, you know, and and all human beings have different levels of femininity and and masculinity, so you kind of see where you fall on that scale because sometimes you have the reverse roles in relationships. That's totally okay. It's just a question of understanding where you are, and you know, with regards to that. Um, but take the fundamental differences, and and you look at everybody out there who has um, done great things in this field, from John Gray to whoever else that have you know over exceeded expectations. What did they do really that's different than what you and I are doing? And you know, and you're doing it actually. Um, they really they just pointed out these simple things. Like for example, you know, men are you know, perceived as terrible listeners. And the truth is, they are. Um, But that is really for some really, um, you know, I I tease because there's there's comedians all over the place doing bits on how men and women, you know, think differently. And um, and so one of the, the ongoing jokes is that men have, you know, I think Mark Grunger does a whole bit on this where, you know, men have all these boxes in their head and, you know, over here they're, you know, in the fix the car mode. And when they're there, they're not over here in family mode. You know, they can only be in one, they can only occupy one space of their brain at any given time. And women mm-hmm. works all over the place, like, you know, just going nuts. We, you know, we don't turn it off when we sleep. We're trying to multitask, you know, the family, the, the bills, the everything. Um, but men, you know, if you can start to understand that the reason they're not listening is just because they're either thinking about something else or they're in that time or space where they need to, for their own masculinity, be able to turn it all off. So when you're cleaning the house and they're kicking their feet up on the couch and you're, you're irritated by it, you have to realize it's just a matter of timing. And sometimes it's nothing to do with them being disrespectful. And if you can start to get on the same page about things like that, those little things, then you can literally transform your life and your relationship with that person. So I think that's mm-hmm. a key is really understanding how different we really are <laughs> and being okay with yeah. that and then just working with that. Yeah, and I think that was like a huge aha for me when I found that out, that men are single-task oriented much more than we are, and you need to get him at the right moment. Um, So if he's in a task and you're talking to him while he's watching TV, he won't hear a single thing you say. So you need to check in. You need to say when it will be a good time, you know, and just get that time so that you get him between tasks. Exactly. And again, we're talking generally, but it it is true. So, um, what's another difference 
between men and women? Oh boy, um, you know, I mean, you could you could go a lot of different directions with this, but I mean, you can take a look at everything from the sexual side. Um, you know, if you wanted to address that, look at how men are driven by their instincts on such a different level, and they come to the relationship first through this sexual attraction. And women, this is especially so in the dating scene, and women come and we portray this very you know, sexy sexual side. We also have a sexual desire, don't get me wrong. But in the back of our mind, we're also very romance-driven. We're always thinking about the fairy tale. And, you know, we want to be romanced, and we have these ideals of what it should look like. And I think when you can throw out the what it should look like, you will have such a different uh, experience with with everybody, truthfully. Um, that you encounter, but especially in the dating scene, because so many people out there are saying, oh, I would never put up with that, or I would never do this, or whatever, but no two relationships are exactly the same. Though there are these fundamental differences, you know, when you come to the table with a human being, you have a very unique uh, bond with each individual that you meet, because you come from different backgrounds, you create your own dynamic, and, you know, where you find balance behind closed doors is going to be different than the next couple. So trying to compare oh, you know, my friend over here has this perfect relationship. He takes her to the movie every Saturday or whatever. It may not be how this other person functions. And so you find your mm-hmm. own groove, I think, in that and let go of what you perceive as what it should look like. Let it become yeah, something. That's, that's, <laughs> I love that because people do come in with preconceived notions and assumptions and they don't even see who's in front of them because they have this picture of what the person should look like, act like, be like. And generally speaking, that's not even reality. It's that fantasy that you're talking about, the fairy tale. So get rid of the fairy tale, you know, be grown up, <laughs> you're over 40, you know, own it, be an adult here because the best relationships are not about fairy tale, they're about real people. Um, right, absolutely <coughs> agreed. Um, so let's talk about um, how. What do you, what do you think are some of the secrets to happier relationships or marriages? Well, I think it's taking kind of all of this information and and putting it into what functions and works for you. But at the end of the day, it's about realizing that you know you're it's your life. And other people need to fit around that. And then what happens if if people own all of this stuff that we're talking about, their self-worth and all of these things, and they look at making themselves happy, I truly believe that makes your partner more happy. And I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm saying just get into a groove of what works for me, what do I need, find a way to make yourself happy. And then it makes it so much easier if you can communicate it with your partner and I assure you, men especially, they want to please their women. If you've got a good guy, they want you happy. They will all tell you that. And if, if they don't want to make you happy, then run. That's what I have to say. But yep. I think at the end of the day, when you can make yourself happy and you can trust that somebody is going to be there, you know, you don't wonder, you don't question, you just know that they are going to be there. And then either they are or they aren't. But at the end of the day, what in the world would be the you know, point in worrying about it? So you trust that they're going to be there and you begin to live your life and then 
you you incorporate them into your life, obviously. But then when you're full and you're 100% as a, a happy individual and they are as well, everything that overflows gets to just take you beyond what you could possibly, you know, have and or dream of when you're alone. So it's a beautiful thing to have a partner. I, I can tell you from personal experience. Um, but we all have ups and downs. And if your partner's down, you can't take it personally. And when you're down, you can't expect them to complete you. You have to complete yourself and then allow the overflow to just be there. And trust your partner will stand by you and stand by them while you know they're going through it as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, so many people don't do this well, um, you know, and they expect other people to manage their emotions for them. And I would say that's one of the biggest sticking points in relationships. There's an energy that comes out of people who, who don't manage their own emotions and then think, well, you know, I'm having a little breakdown, so you should manage me right now. Well, that doesn't work right. well. Um, right. All right, so in the interest of uh, time, um there's something that intrigued me that that um, that I know you speak about, which is the yes and. So if you can speak about that. We learned that in coaching. Um, so if you could talk about the yes and premise um, and, and how to have a conversation, just real quick oh my gosh. Um, to leave us yeah, with a so tip. Yeah, really quick, the idea comes from the improv community. You say if you, if you want to you know, keep relationship or flow in conversation, you say no matter what the other person says, you reply with yes and dot, 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 whatever your opinion is. So even if you have a difference of opinion and somebody's, you know, let's say combative or argumentative with you, you say yes and I also see this other point of view, <laughs> for example. And mm-hmm. what it does is it disarms the other person. Rather than saying no, here's my way, which is it puts everybody on the defensive and causes them to further want to uh, stand grounded in their point of view, you say yes and, and that opens the heart chakra. That allows people to flow and hear you out, and then you will be considered. <laughs> so mm, it's just a beautiful it. way to communicate with anyone. Yeah, don't use the word but. Use the word yes and. Um, so this has been great. And um, thank you so much, Julianne O'Connor, for sharing these wonderful tips. And I, people can find you at spellingitout.com. And thank you all for listening today. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.